that I have so much to be grateful for. How about you? Have you got words of praise to bring the Lord this morning? Yes, He is good. He is good, isn't He? So are we going to worship the Lord this morning, spirit and in truth? Thanks, Peter. Welcome to church. Like uh, Amanda says, welcome. We're going to be singing and uh, join us uh, as we praise God. Here we go. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank I 
change. Let's pray. Let's stand up, everyone, and let's pray. Lord God Almighty, we praise You this morning. We declare that You are our King of kings and our Lord of lords. Oh God, hear our prayers this morning. Oh Lord God, that You would open the floodgates of heaven. Oh God, that Your glory would be revealed in this place today. Oh Lord, we pray that Your angelic hosts join us this morning in worship. Lord, as we bring our praise to You as an offering of Your goodness and Your kindness. Oh Lord God, I pray that You light a fire in this church this morning. Lord God, that You that You just deposit fire into each and every person gathered here today, that they will worship You in spirit and in truth. Oh Lord Jesus, we know You are coming back soon. We know that You are for us and not against us. And so we declare this is a house of praise. We speak praise into the darkness. We speak praise against the opposition. We speak praise over the works of the enemy because praise opens the floodgates of heaven. Oh God, we pray that you dispel the darkness, Lord, and that you would light up and fire up your men and women, that they will praise you this morning, that they will praise you this morning in spirit and in truth. Come, Lord Jesus, come in power, I pray. Let's worship. Let's really, really worship. Not just lip service, but from your heart. Come on. We want to see God move today. There's a message that He has for you today. And you need to pull it out. And you need to praise Him that He would come. That He would come this morning. Encourage you. speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know that there's peace within your presence I speak Jesus speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction start to break let them break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus your name is power your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine to the shadows, burn like a fire. 
Jesus from the mountains and Jesus with the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Jesus, sing a shout, Jesus. Now, Jesus from Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name. speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is hope and there is presence I speak Jesus Oh 
Yeah. 
blood of Jesus. Jesus paid the price for your righteousness that you could come into His throne room in right standing. This is your opportunity to come before Him into His throne room. This is your invitation. Just sing that one more. what we're focusing on now is what Jesus did and the irony is that um, David used by the Holy Spirit wrote down words in Psalm 22 
a lot of words in Psalm 22 by the power, by the guidance of the Holy Spirit that actually are words Jesus said while he was on the cross and actually are circumstances around the cross. Oh, so David was expressing his suffering and anguish, but whoa, he was actually by the Holy Spirit's guidance giving a window to the cross. He was giving a window down through centuries to what Jesus would actually be saying and what would happen to him and around him at the cross. So Psalm 22, written by David under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Psalm 22, 7 to 8, says, All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him. And then Matthew, centuries later, Matthew 27, 39 records, And those who pass by blasphemed him, Jesus, our precious Saviour, wagging their heads. And verse 43 of Matthew 27 says, They also said mockingly, He trusted in God. Let God deliver him now. Oh, and then David again, led by the Holy Spirit, wrote in verse 16 of Psalm 22, They pierced my hands and my feet. Oh, in John chapter 19, 37, it says, They look on him whom they pierced. And again in verse 18 of Psalm 22, it's foretold, They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And in Mark 15, 24, it says, And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Did David know the depths of what the Holy Spirit was guiding him to write? Oh, he, he was focusing on his suffering that he was going through, but boy, the Holy Spirit used his suffering as a window, a window to Jesus being what Jesus went through that far eclipsed what any person will ever go through. And then the Lord's deep anguish in Mark 15, 34. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And David may have felt like he was forsaken by God, but yet as he expressed Psalm 22, verse 1, he had not actually been forsaken. Nobody's actually been forsaken by God like Jesus was for hours on the cross when deep darkness fell while he was carrying the full weight and punishment for the sins of all of us, all mankind. And 2 Corinthians 5.21 in the Phillips Version says, God caused Christ who himself knew nothing of sin, actually to be sin for our sakes, so that in Christ we might be made good with the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But at what a price. At what a price. 
So we thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you endured for us, the torturous suffering throughout the hours leading up to your crucifixion, actually bearing sin for us and being forsaken by your Father. Thank you, God, for your great grace and mercy towards us. So let us take the bread as we continue to remember him, his broken body, he, the bread of life. This represents his broken body. Let's take and eat it together. And the blood, his very life, represented by the cup that was poured out for us. Power in the blood, cleansing power in the blood, life-giving power in the blood, wholeness for every part of us in the blood. Oh, we thank you, Lord. So as we take the cup, representing his blood may we thank him afresh afresh for giving out his life because the life is in the blood his life was in the blood may we thank him afresh for doing that in Jesus name let's take and drink together and May we all continue to freshly appreciate him and his sacrifice, his finished work for us as we enter a new week with him. Amen. Amen. Not in our own strength. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. 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 Thanks, Auntie Patty, for such a heartfelt sincere communion message. Doesn't she just bring it so beautifully from the heart? That posture from the heart is how the Lord Jesus wants to receive us. It doesn't matter about the words we use. It's just the posture of the heart. And uh, don't be surprised if over the coming weeks I invite some of you to come and share the communion because you know what? It's a really beautiful experience to to share that from the front. And we want to see you grow up and into the things of God. So why not uh, be excited and be expecting me to ask you? Okay? Is that okay? Yeah. It's not about the person at the front. It's about the body together moving forward. And a good way to start is by sharing the communion with everyone. Now, just a couple of announcements. Uh, I'd like to let you know that we're going to have a men's breakfast on Saturday the 15th of April, yes, a couple of weeks away at 7.30am. So just letting you know now so you can invite men. Of course, we'd love all the men here to to come along. Uh, Our brother Gordy will be heading that up. And, uh, of course, Pastor Gary will be able to eat bacon and eggs by then too, so (laughs) he's looking forward to it. It's going to be held in the Broadwater Parklands in Southport uh, following our regular prayer meeting. So for those who are new, we do pray every Saturday morning, 6 o'clock, in the Broadwater Parklands. 
rain, hail or shine. We haven't had hail yet, but we've had rain and we've had sun, humidity. (laughs) So uh, mark your calendars if you would like to come and pray with us. It's so powerful. It's just a wonderful, beautiful time of the day in the still and quietness to come before God in prayer. So uh, just wanted to let you know about that. And uh, we do have a couple of midweek meetings as well for those who are new. Uh, our sister Sue, she has a Monday group um, down Eleanor Way, which some of, some of the ladies are attending. And uh, it's, it's a ladies group. So just wanted to let you know that uh, you can join in. Uh, and also fortnightly on a Wednesday, we have an intercessor prayer meeting and fellowship with Pastor Amel and Grace, and that one's at Varsity Lakes. So if you're interested in joining any of our midweek meetings, just come and speak to myself or Pastor Amel uh, or Gordy for the, for the breakfast or Sue for her Monday one. We really want to encourage you and make you feel part of the church together. So uh, now I'd like... Oh, and, And Tuesday nights, how could I forget? Thank you for reminding me. Pastor Shane and Cindy have made it so easy for everyone to fellowship from the comfort of your lounge room. Yes, you can tune into their Zoom meeting that they have at a 7pm every Tuesday night. And you know what? It's just amazing because Pastor Shane is such a great teacher of the word and he's so funny and entertaining. So you'll be cracking up laughing, I'm sure. (laughs) And um, they encourage you as well, if you're part of that group, to send in any questions that you might have about things pertaining to the kingdom of God, the Bible. Um, They will answer those and address those. So this is something that you can participate in, even if you're watching online and uh, in in another country. We had people joining us last week from Samoa, didn't we, Pastor Shane? And there's others who are part of this church family who have since moved interstate that will tune in as well. So we're doing it this way so that we can reach a wider pool of people and grow together in the things of God. So isn't that good? Isn't that good? Yes, excellent. Now, Pastor Shane, I'd like to invite you to come up now and and pray for the offering today. And then we will proceed with the word. Thanks, Just as uh, the uh, buckets go around, I just if you've got your offering with you, I know some of us give online, some of us give during the week and all, all that sort of stuff. But I just want us to um, just love the Lord as we give our offering because that's what it's about. We give because we love him. And so we're going to pray. And if you'll indulge me just a little bit, I want to pray that every dollar turns into a missionary and a soul. <laughs> Because that's what, our, that's what we're giving our money for. That It's for the kingdom of God. Yeah. Oh, Lord, we just thank you that we can give today. And we love you, Lord. We just want to say we love you. That's why we're giving. And we ask that you would, you would put your hand upon our money and you would turn it into a harvest for your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Shane. Thank you. Let's stand, everyone. I want you to join with me in prayer this morning. 
Lord God, I thank You that You have assembled us, that You have brought together these men and women today. Lord, Your family is so big and so wonderful and I pray, Lord, that You will bless each person today that is attending the service in person and, Lord, that You will touch those people watching online. Oh God, I pray that You will open people's ears, that You will open people's eyes. Oh God, that Your all-consuming fire will come and sanctify Your church. Oh Lord, we know that these days are short. We know there is work to be done. And oh God, as we bring a message today, a harsh message to Your church, oh God, He who has ears to hear, let Him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches this morning. Thank You, Father, for these valiant men and women. Oh God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would be working in them through through today's meeting. Oh Lord, stirring up the gifts, stirring up the callings, Lord, and bringing forth such a, a unity in love that we can advance Your Kingdom, O God, with power and with might. Thank You, Lord, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we stand firm and true to Your Word, O God, that we preach the Word without any compromise, that we, that we deliver a message that is sound. So Lord God, I pray that You go before me as well today and anoint this meeting in the Name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you. You can sit down. Today's topic is one that not many people really want to talk about, but it's very important. It's the topic of eternal judgment. And it can be confronting. It can be a bit prickly. And I guess that's why this is one of those topics that sometimes is just pushed to the back. But today we are going to talk about it because it's very necessary. And I believe by opening up this topic, we can bring light into why eternal judgment is a foundation on which we are to build our Christian life. The word says in John 8:32, "And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free." There is freedom in knowing the truth. And that is why we don't shy back from declaring the truth. Knowing the truth about eternal judgment will cause people to look for their ultimate purpose in life. And Jesus said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is the words of Jesus. He is truth. He is life. And to come to God, we need to go through Jesus. So today, we look again at the key scripture that we have been unpacking the last five weeks, which is Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Let's read it together because I'm going to give you a test at the end to make sure you all know it off by heart. Are you ready? Are you ready? Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection 
not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. This we will do if God permit. This is the last foundation listed in Hebrews chapter 6. And these teachings come from Brother Neville Johnson. We have been teaching them to lay down these first principles so that we can then go on to perfection. So the Word tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. A sobering scripture. One may wonder why eternal judgment is a foundation on which we are to build our Christian life. But this foundation is here in order to keep us on a straight line, to keep us on a track and on a path. It is to anchor us into a solid awareness of eternal values. Without an understanding of this foundation, people and even believers tend to live a life that doesn't reflect the reality of eternity. But eternity is where we will spend the rest of our lives. Our citizenship is in heaven, isn't it? Our time here is short. We are allotted a number of days. We are here for a reason and for a purpose. And last week we talked about the calling and the commissioning And every single one of God's children has a calling, has a purpose, has a reason for being here. But today, the topic is to open our minds to eternity. Who can fathom eternity? Well, Abraham had a glimpse of this truth, which caused him to look for the ultimate purpose in his life, Reading now Hebrews 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So out of the billions of planets that God created in this universe, he chose planet Earth to be his schoolhouse, to train his men and women. We're in school. We're in training. This this schoolhouse is perfect. The conditions here are perfect for making true disciples because The conditions and challenges are just right to grow us and expand us and test us 
before we graduate from this, this time into our eternal destination. So think of yourself being in the school classroom. The, the challenges that you face in your daily life are there to help you overcome adversity. This builds your character. The conditions and challenges here are to help you learn to love in all conditions. It's hard, but this, this is one of the things that we need to develop while we're here. And the conditions and challenges here on planet Earth are to help us overcome the world, the flesh and the devil. In this place, planet Earth, we are tested and we are tried, but we qualify for our eternal roles for when we graduate from our time here on Earth. This is a place where we learn courage. This is a place where we can learn reliability, determination, faithfulness. This is a place where we get to choose good over evil, righteousness over evil. And these are the qualities that when achieved in us as God's workmanship, when they are a reality in our own lives, then we qualify for, for wonderful things in our eternal destination. Earth is a place where we learn to be like Jesus, to take on the character of Jesus. Now, Paul highlights fears that he observed with the church of Galatia. And we're going to read, you can read about it in Galatians chapter 4. Now, Paul, he's pouring everything he has into his church. This is the early church, the first churches after Jesus ascended to heaven. And Paul says to the Galatians in chapter 4, verse 19, My little children, for whom I labour in birth again, until Christ is formed in you. The objective of the church is to help facilitate Christ being formed in you, the character of Christ. That gives a, a new perspective, doesn't it? When you think about church and what church stands for, we're, we're here together to develop the character and the love of Christ in us. And at some point, we shall all stand before God to have our lives reviewed. And this, this message today is not to condemn or judge anyone. That's up to God. But this message is to bring a freedom and a fresh reality, a new perspective on the reality of eternity. Romans 14 verse 10. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. God is the judge. God is the judge. God has decreed that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So what is 
this judgment seat. This is our first point. The Greek word for judgment is the word bema. A Greek to English definition for bema is a step, pace, a raised place mounted by steps, a platform, a place used of the official seat of a judge. So Paul was taking this word bema from the Greek culture regarding the trying of anyone that was sent to trial. A rostrum was set up on a platform where the trial was to take place. And if the person was found guilty, they were given a black stone. If the person was found innocent, they were given a white stone. And this is what Jesus is referring to in Revelation chapter 2. Let me read to you Revelation 2 verses 16 and 17. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone. And on the stone, a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Do you want a white stone? Oh, I want a white stone. I put my hand up for a white stone. Oh God, open our ears that we would hear, Lord, what you are saying to us. So we will all give an account for our life. Every single one of us, We'll give an account for our, our lives, the lives that we live here on earth. Accountability is a requirement for the kingdom of God. And as Christians, we will all stand before God and give an account of our lives. But God is merciful and loving. And he has built a warning system into us. And especially for those who are not yet believers. I'm sure you've heard testimonies and stories of, of ones who maybe have had a near drowning experience. Um, I haven't had such an experience, so I'm only sharing secondhand. But many people say that at the point of death, they have experienced their whole life being played out before them. Have you heard anyone say that? Yeah, yeah. This is a built-in warning system of accountability after death. That none should perish, that all should come into eternal destiny with the Lord Jesus. God doesn't want anyone to perish. But for those of us who are believers, this beamer seat judgment, it's for us. It's for the ones of us who love the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as we discussed last week, we've been called, each one. And so we will give an account for how we carried out the gifting that was placed within us, the call that was given to us. 
we will give an account for that. Don't you want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant? Matthew 25, 23, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Hallelujah. Well done, good and faithful servant. These are the words that I know you want to hear. So allow the Lord God to bring you into a place of refinement today. Allow the baptism of the Holy Spirit to sanctify you today that you can go on into perfection, into your destiny for now and eternity, that none should perish, that you will get the reward. Well done, good and faithful servant, that you will be given the white stone. Hallelujah. A record of your life is kept in heaven. It is written up in detail. And when we stand before God to give an account, our book is brought out and is opened and is played back. Now it's been described, and as I said, I haven't been there, so I don't know, but this is secondhand. Some have seen this occur like a hologram and it happens incredibly fast, but we were able to keep up with it. These are the things in the realm of the spirit. These are the mysteries that we don't yet understand because, well, I haven't been there yet, but imagine that, a hologram of your life. Maybe God has a big video player, I don't know, pushes play. Well, there's Carolyn's, let's pop that one in. <laughs> pushes play and, but you can comprehend it all, but it's really fast. What, a, what an amazing concept the things of the Spirit are not like the things of this earth. But these are the things we're going for, church, to understand the mysteries of God. And if we don't, even, if we don't under, understand them, but to accept them, that they are there. We're in two dimensions, the physical dimension and then the spiritual dimension. And we can grab hold of that spiritual dimension and walk in it right now. We don't have to wait till we die. Isn't that good? The Word says in Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. That's straight from the Word of God. Pure, unadulterated truth from the Word of God. The time is coming when we enter eternity that we will face eternal judgment. If you throw a stone into a pond, the effect of that stone touching 
the water in the pond doesn't just stop, does it, when, you, when the stone sinks down. We get that ripple, don't we? We get the, the ripple effect and the expansion of concentric circles occur. Actually, it could be bread. We could be feeding the ducks. <laughs> I remember feeding the ducks when I was a kid. Throw the bread in and all the ripples. Yeah. <laughs> the ripple effect of our actions and our words cause side effects. They cause consequences all through life. Consequences to ourselves. Consequences to others. Consequences to family members, to neighbours. Consequences to ones sent to us for a divine reason. Consequences. Let's, let's keep that word at the forefront of our mind before we speak, before we act. Let's, let's weigh up the consequences for what we do and say. It's very important because we will be held to an account for the consequences that our words and actions have on those around us. And words are cheap. And words are easy to just come out, aren't they? But as we grow into maturity, let's harness our words, that our words may be ones of truth, words of life, words of encouragement, words of love. So don't get me wrong that we're talking about eternal judgment today because these are words of truth. And in this day and age, so many don't actually want to know the truth. And people will take offence to when you bring the truth. But the truth needs to be told. And the truth is that Jesus loves mankind. That really is it. That is the bottom line. The world is trying to tell us that, you know, Christians are a problem. They have to shut us up. The time will come where we are locked up. The Christians are facing more and more persecution. But please don't shy back from bringing truth because these words are truth. They're not lies. They are truth. And if you deliver them in love, out of care and concern, the consequences can be mighty for the kingdom of God, for we are in a spiritual battle like never before. And we have been facing the trials, the tribulations, the persecutions, but actually we ain't seen nothing yet compared to what's to come. We're only just getting ready. So this is why we have to come together with a unity to speak the truth in love. And the consequences will have that rippling effect so that when we come to the place of eternal judgment, the beamer seat, judgment, we can hear the word of our Lord, well done, good and faithful servant. Oh, look, it's going to be hard. The days ahead are tough. But God's church will stand victoriously 
We need to come together, all the little satellite groups, all the, the individual ministries that are, that are doing their thing on the outside. We need to come back into a place of unity and love and truth. Let's not get carried away with this teaching and that healing ministry and that deliverance thing. Let's come together. Let's come together so that we could move forward and go on to perfection. Let's take a look at Romans chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. But in accordance with your hardness and your, in, in, how do you say that, impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render each one according to his deeds. According to his deeds, our deeds matter. We will be held accountable for our earthly deeds. But God is good. God is good. And he opens the doors wide that we would come into him repentant. We need to come before him repentant, seeking a review asking him to do a stock take in our lives. For there is no respect of persons with God, Romans 2, 11. The New King James Version says, for there is no partiality with God. Don't think for one moment that someone that you esteem highly in the faith of Christianity will be overlooked from this eternal judgment. Everyone who is a believer will face the Lord from the kings and presidents to the lawmakers, the celebrities, the movie stars and the most generous philanthropists. No one is going to miss out on this day. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my, my gospel. Romans 2:16 So there is a place out of darkness is a place but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth sounds horrible doesn't it Matthew 8 verse 12 Did you notice that the verse said these are children of the kingdom, but they were cast into outer darkness. Let's read on. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called but few are chosen. The problem was 
was this guy, he didn't have on the wedding garment. If you're chosen, you need to get the wedding garment on because Jesus is coming back for a bride. The bride is his church. So you need to get yourself ready. I need to get myself ready and put on the wedding garment. The reason why the one that was children of the kingdom was allowed in, he was still allowed in, he was still allowed in, but he didn't have the garment on. But the bride is a company of those of us who cover all ages, all generations, and now, those who are without spot or wrinkle at the coming of the Lord Jesus. And not all Christians fit this category. So that is why we're looking at this topic today, so that we can get ready. Before, earlier this year, Pastor Gary, every, every message he would say, get ready, get ready, get ready, <laughs> get ready, keep up. And so this is to, yeah, just reinforce the need that the bride of Christ, you and I, we need to get the wedding garments on and we need to get ready. I'm going to read now the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. It's, it's, it comes from Matthew 25, verses 1 through 12. You'll be able to follow on on the screens. But just listen to the words of this parable and then we'll discuss it. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps with no oil in them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was, was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us and you, but rather go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And when they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready, those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgin, virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Now, take note that these were all virgins, signifying that they were all at least born again. But not all of the virgins made it into the bridal company. To be part of the bridal company is a high reward. These are the helpmates of the Lord Jesus Christ 
who stand at his side in the ages to come to rule with him. The five foolish virgins missed being in the bride company because they didn't have on their bridal garment and they did not have oil in their lamps. They weren't ready. We have to get ready. We have to get ready. I'm just reminded of that song, Give Me Oil in My Lamp, Keep Me Burning. Who remembers that one? That's a real oldie but a goodie, isn't it? We should sing that one one of these days. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Keep me oil in my bank, keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King of Kings. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna to the King. This is our posture. This is our posture as the bride of Christ. We've got our wedding garment on. We've got praise on our lips. We're singing Hosanna to the King of Kings. We're saying, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Let's not be the one that that has to, to go to our neighbour and say, hey, can I have some of yours? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit low over here. No, it's up to you. It's up to me. We have to keep our lamps burning. How do we keep our lamps burning? We pray. We pray in the Spirit. We pray with our native tongue. We pray in English. We read the Word. We fellowship. We bring the love of God and the genuine care and concern for for our fellow brethren. We love as Christ loved us. And then the oil in our lamp will be burning, 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 burning till the break of day. Hallelujah. We've got to get ready. We've got to put on the garment and keep the oil burning in our lamps and be ready because the time is coming. Lord, I pray that this message today mobilises your people, Lord. Oh God, that they would be mobilised to to be singing Hosanna till the break of day with oil in their lamps. Thank you, Lord. To be cast into outer darkness means to be placed for a season or for a time outside of the door in a shadow or a dark place. This occurs before the judgment seat of Christ when our life is played back to us in that big hologram thing that we're going to experience. (laughs) If we've wasted the time that God gave us here on earth, And and if we've not been faithful, a great darkness of sorrow and regret will envelop us until we cry out to God and ask Him for His His forgiveness. But it's not too late because once we cry out to God and ask Him for forgiveness, He will forgive. Even if, like the wise and foolish, foolish virgins, we were not ready we still have an entrance to the kingdom of God. 
because there's a lower level, there's the outer court, and then there's the inner court, and then there's the holy of holies, the holy place where God Almighty is. How long people would stay in the outer court, no one knows, because time is of no relevance in the spiritual realm. But what we can take from this is knowing that we have time and that we must get ready because the bridegroom is coming. The Lord Jesus is coming back soon and we still have time to get ready and to put on the wedding garment. This means that we need to ask God to reveal to us His heart as the Holy Spirit convicts us. Part of the grace that we have right now is time. We still have time. So let us ask God to search our hearts in all sincerity and humility and let's respond as the Holy Spirit leads. The Holy Spirit can bring back to our memory the things that we need to put right. And our motives are very important We discussed this one, I think, in the session on faith towards God. We talked about motives. Wrong motives are deadly to us and must be repented of. So today we're going to ask God to search our hearts, just like King David did. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's declare it together corporately. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. God, hear our prayers. Search our hearts this morning. I'd like to ask the worship team to please come up now. And I'm going to read Psalm 24, verses 3 to 5. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation." Hallelujah. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Do you want to ascend into the hill of the Lord? I know I do. God is calling us all. This is for, this is for Gordy. Oh, uh, God is calling us all into a place now of, of true repentance that we might hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Now, I've I've got um, Brother Nick 
You've got something to share. Yeah. Yeah, today's Palm Sunday. And just to be aware that on this day, Jesus rode into Jerusalem and everybody was waving palms, putting palm leaves down, putting their cloaks in front of him and singing Hosanna, the King of Kings. Mm. You know, this is the, the Messiah's arrived. Three days later, that same crowd got filled with religious spirit and they wanted him nailed to the cross. So that's, that's how peop, people can change. One day they're shouting out the praises, but then they get overcome with the religious spirit and they want to see Jesus dead. Mm. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say a few words before I give you this? Um, just like to thank um, Pastor Amanda for all the weeks you've stood in for Pastor Gary. Thanks, thanks. And the word that you brought forth to all of us, which has been great. Just hold it a bit closer. Sorry. Yeah. The word which you brought forth towards to, to us has all been great, and we we thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. <clears throat> this is um, something I received last Sunday in the service. After about 15 minutes into the message by Pastor Amanda last Sunday, I received a strong call to go into intercessory prayer for a powerful protection around our pastors. I then saw a snake-like creature heading towards Pastor Amanda. This came to a sudden end when four large angels arrived with swords drawn. The enemy fled out so quickly. I then heard these following words for our church. So everyone listen carefully. I'm sending new favor on my people who will be faithful to me. I'm lifting my people to a higher understanding. And as the anointing is increased, this will break down the strongholds which may exist. This church, which is run on my word, will come together, come together as one in unity. This will destroy the enemy's plans as your prayers enter the heavenly throne room of the Father. The accuser of the brethren must be cast down and cast out through prayer. All as one, you can all come boldly to the throne room of heaven. Because we are in direct fellowship with Christ in heaven, Hebrews 4, 16. If the Holy Spirit is within you, the Father has anointed you with strength, ability and power. The Holy Spirit within you will teach you all things. Although small in number, you can all rise up with the anointing that God has given, with God-given power. The vision is before you all, therefore take it up and run. Your eyes will be opened to a greater understanding. He has anointed you all with an unwavering ability. There are wise and godly coaches here to advise you and encourage you if this is required. The hand of God has laid his hands on you or you would not be here today. Then as the message was coming to an end, by, by Pastor Amanda, I, res, I, I received these words. 
after asking why is the church being attacked all the time. The enemy is releasing a non-stop attack because Pastor Gary is not in the house. The enemy believes we will fall apart. However, the enemy has failed miserably because the strength of Pastor Amanda and all the other pastors. Amen. Amen. This is a call to action. This church has been blessed with every office of the fivefold ministry. See? <laughs> we get excited and forget that I'm already. <laughs> every office of the fivefold ministry is sitting right here. The fivefold ministry giftings of apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor and evangelist are all seated here. Hallelujah. And so this prophetic word that our brother Gordy received last Sunday morning, I saw him receiving it as I stood here at the front. I saw, I saw the, the Spirit of God on him and like fire all over him. I knew something was happening I'm glad I didn't know it was a great big snake coming after me. But praise be to God, he had the angels here and he had them ready. And this is what we're dealing with, church. We are dealing with the powers of darkness, but they are defeated. And they are coming at us so hard because this is a victorious church. This is a praying church. This is a Bible-believing, faith-filled, standing-on-the-word kind of church. And we don't look the same as everyone else. And I, I know so many things could be better. So many things could be better. But as we come together in cooperation and love and unity, God will add. The main foundation, the key, the chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ that the apostolic and the prophetic is laid on that with the chief cornerstone. And that's what this church is. It is one that wants to lift up all of you because you've all been called by the Lord. You've all been chosen by God for something. And so now we take this word, we take this to encourage us and to strengthen us because the Holy Spirit has anointed us has anointed you with strength and power to be an overcomer. The day is coming where we will have to give an account to the Lord, but it's not how you start the race that matters. It's how you finish. You may fall at times. You may be discouraged at times. You may be deceived at times. You may get it wrong at times. We all do. We're human. We're flesh. Don't be discouraged. Get back up. Get back on the horse. Get back up again. Don't give up just because the church has hurt you. Don't give up because you've been discouraged and put down. Stand up. Stand up. If our heart is towards the Lord, desiring purity, and if we are quick to repent, and if we are determined to follow the Lord, then you can expect to hear those words 
Good, well done, good and faithful servant. So we're going to sing a song to really, to really receive ministry from the Lord. Let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain. The song has been ringing in my head all week. Just won't go away because it's a now song. It's a song to mobilise the, the presence and the power and the glory of God here and now. And as the worship team lead us, I want you to stand to your feet. Allow the...